0: Hello, Testa. There we go. Thank you for being here today. It's so good to see you. I have to tell you, uh, I love watching mothers teach their children how to worship God. Uh, you just encouraged me today. Well, hello. Good morning to you. And so, thank you, and thank you for being here. Uh, it was about uh, two months ago, maybe a little less than two months ago, uh, when we really started talking intentionally about this sermon series and I want to thank Elise. She's really one of the ones who really kicked it off. We had a couple of announcements. We said a couple of things, and so she just sent me an email that just said, thank you for addressing the subject. So many people are too afraid to talk about it, and if if the church can't gather and talk about it, then where are we going to be able to discuss these things? And so I said, well, let's get together and talk and bring some people with you, and she's like, bring somebody with me? Who am I going to bring with me? And, and, uh, And she did, and she mentioned some people. And so I know uh, Aaron and Leslie, who are here in the audience, Teddy uh, is part of that, Savannah's been part of Anyway, we got a group of people together, and we just started listening to one another and talking about the subject. What has been your experience? What is my experience? What are we hearing? What are other people's experiences, and can we address those? It really opened up a door where, here in the last three weeks, I've started talking to 20 churches who have all come together, as diverse as our city is, to talk about social justice and what can we do. I was just, just by way of introduction, reminded of this verse of Scripture that's really unique. Nothing else like it in all of, all of the Word of God, where you see God crying and It's in the book of Jeremiah and God was watching people that he loved go into slavery and it just broke his heart. And so in Jeremiah chapter 8, we have this passage that says, The harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. For the hurt of the daughter of my people... I am hurt. I mourn. Dismay has taken hold of me. And then he asked these two rhetorical questions. Is there no bomb in Gilead? And is there no physician there? Why then has not the hurt of the daughter of my people been restored? Because he's like, I'm, I'm watching these people, and they're, they're going into slavery and that it was not at all. My plan for their life. And he's like, is, is there not a remedy? Well, yes, there's a remedy. Are there not people there who can bring healing to this? Yes, there are. Then why are we still struggling with this? And it broke God's heart. And so we see this being played out on our streets. And as I just began to talk about it and, and listening to other people, there were several fears that I heard. Hello, Teddy. Say hello to everybody. Good morning. Everybody welcome Teddy Hart up to, uh, if you don't know Teddy, he's usually standing out front, the one uh, waving, and he he leads our First Impressions team. Teddy, can you help me speak into this? Here's one of them. First of all, the Wall Street Journal did a survey this past week, I don't know if you saw their survey, where over 60% of those surveyed said they believe that most Americans are racist, do you? Do you believe that do you agree with that?
1: My honest answer <laughs> you're in is... church Teddy so uh I'm surprised it's not higher
0: okay can you can you speak into that a little bit
1: um just because of what I've experienced throughout my life um my wife, what she's experienced um even my five year old daughter um, you know what she's experienced and because of what people have said to her and you know so i'm I'm really surprised that it's it's that it's not higher um, and I mean that's sad to say that, but that's
0: and it may even depend on who you ask, right, like our video was talking yes. about because there' are some people in their circles they rarely bump mm-hmm. up against this, they may see mm-hmm. it on the news, they may hear about it, but it's not Correct. something. That they deal with on the right. other hand there are some people it, it's all
1: all the time they ever experience mm-hmm.
0: and so so what I want to say is you know the enemy that Satan has decided that he is going to kill steal and, and destroy, destroy right yep. and to me all this says is the enemy is winning I mean whether it's 1% is too high right yep. Yep. But, if, but if that's true then if and if the enemy is winning, then we must we must do something. Do it. We gotta we, act. We, 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 we have to act. So here are several fears that I heard. One, this is not the time or place to talk about this.
1: So this is the not only the perfect place but the perfect time for us to talk about this um, among people that we love, and you know this is an opportunity for us to love people. Um, just like Jesus loves us unconditionally and wholeheartedly.
0: Yeah. yeah, And, and I'm, I'm reminded, okay, well, what did Jesus talk about when people would gather? Mm-hmm. And numerous times he would, in fact, he would always talk about things that, that he saw and witnessed that was important to him. And so people would gather and he'd say, well, can I ask you a question? Who's your neighbor? And, and how well do you love your neighbor? And they're like, well, I'm pretty good at that. And he says, okay, well, this man was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho, fell among thieves. And nobody wanted to help him except the Samaritan. Is, is, that, is he your neighbor? Right? Mm-hmm. And so these were subjects that Jesus did not shy away from. Yeah. Not just that, but it was those who were oppressed in all of its forms. Oh, is, yeah. Women, the marginalized, <laughs> people who were lepers or blind. Who, was, who sinned, this man you know, or his parents, that he was born blind? It's like he is not a theological discussion. He's he's a person who <laughs> needs to be treated well. Okay, so this really is the place of time. Here's a number, another one. Well, talking about it could further divide us. And uh, it's a, it's just one that I've. Oh, you know, just, I just I think churches have split over things like this. Sure. Before, right. So. Sure.
1: It, it's a fear. And and so this is not about. Um, you know, whether or not you say black lives matter or blue lives matter or all lives matter. Uh, This is an opportunity for everyone of every race, every nationality to set aside all prejudgments and and preconceptions that we have about one another and really uh, do better in the name of Christ. So this is not going to... Separate us, if anything, it's going to bring us all closer together um, so that, you know, we have to trust that we're going to love one another, lift each other up, and really, most importantly, allow the Holy Spirit to minister to our hearts so that, that we are open for change.
0: Yeah, in fact, I think we've probably reached that point in our nation to where not talking about it is further dividing us. And Absolutely. so, to to just stop and say, this is what I've experienced. But before I share that, I want to hear what you've experienced. And I think uh, that was one of the most uh, alarming things to me when our group came together. And I'm look. I keep looking at Elise because I remember the story that she shared when her eyes were first opened to this. I remember some of the stories that you shared. And uh, listening to Leslie and Aaron and others who were in that group, mm-hmm. the more we shared these experiences, the more we saw that this is really a big deal. And here's the third fear: what if we say something wrong? And I got to tell you, I carry that fear, right? Because I've had people say, "Man, I'm glad I'm not you talking about that," because it's it's so easy yeah. to to get your words mixed up or to say the wrong thing, yeah. right? I mean, people can easily be offended.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, this is, <laughs> we may not say the right thing all the time. Um, but really, we are in, everybody needs to know that we're in a safe space where we've come together, can love one another. But, you know, the, the, really, this is, a, not having the, the conversation is what would really hurt. And so this is, you know, prime opportunity. Um, this has been weighing on you, me, our community, our nation, our world. And if we, if we do it together, then we will be stronger and that much more effective in the kingdom of Christ.
0: Yeah. So we may not get all of our words right. We may not say everything that should be said. But what I'm hoping is that you hear our heart as, as much or more than you hear our words. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the fact that we believe that God is, I believe God is putting in me this holy unrest to do something, you know, in our community. So, for those online, thank you for joining us today. And for those in the room, let's just do a couple of definitions. I really want you to speak into this. Okay. So, when we say racist, somebody is racist, what do we mean? And by racist, here's a, a definition. A person who shows, feels, or believes that a particular race is superior to another. Mm-hmm. Right? So, uh,
1: And unfortunately, you know, this is something I've experienced um, my daughter was two years old, and we're leaving a football game at Pace High School, and, and some of you have heard me tell this story before, and, and a, a car people ride by, and they yell, Hail Hitler, and the N word, okay? And off the bat, again, my daughter's two, and she says to me, Daddy, why are those boys being mean? She has no idea. I mean, she just she didn't understand the depth of, of the comment, but she knew it wasn't right. And we all may not be here, right? And sadly, there are some people that do feel that way in, in our country, and they, you know, and they carry that. Um, and that's sad. So, I, so it's very much a real thing. Yeah, but I also believe that you can do a quick
0: self-check right now. Do, mm-hmm. do I believe that one race is superior to another? Yeah.
1: this is this is the uncomfortable part we all talked about during the <laughs> yeah. like, that we, like this is the inner yeah. reflection we got to do. And I,
0: I bet in this assembly, very few, hopefully none, would mm-hmm. say I actually believe that one race right. is superior to another. Mm-hmm. Believing it's one thing, feeling it or showing it. I mean, sometimes we get surprised mm-hmm. that uh, something uh, somebody shows up uh, and 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 we carry. Some kind of feeling right. inside us that, we've, that we battle, that we begin to fight. And so it, it, it is sensitive. But I just want you to know, so when we're talking about racist, that's a big idea. And so I don't know how the nation defined that when they were talking about 60% they right. believe are racist. Right. Uh, I, I'm really hoping that this is low. How, how, however, here's another one that I think we, we all you know, struggle with. A prejudice, a preconceived opinion that often is not based on reason or actual experience. I think we all have these prejudices, right?
1: Absolutely. Each and it, each and every one of us, we're human, and we we've been uh, molded and shaped by our experiences in life, right? And so, sadly, I I have prejudices also. So I'll tell a quick story, real quick, and. So, I'm, I go and I'm going to play pickup basketball, and I walk in, and the gym is uh, literally probably 98% black guys, right? And there's two white guys there. And I'm picking my team, and I look around and I'm. Now, like, for
0: those who do not know, in basketball, Teddy is in his high school hall of fame as a great basketball player, right? And so, when he plays basketball, he wants to play basketball, right? So, just in your defense, you're great at basketball. Okay, go okay. ahead. So. Okay.
1: so, there's two white guys. And I'm, I know one, but the other guy I don't know. And I'm looking and I say... And... Uh, not because I don't know if he can play or not. Sadly, because it's my own prejudice that he's a white guy. Well, long story short, um, he turned out to be one of the best players, not only in our county, but in our state ever. And he went and played on a scholarship at Michigan State. So he quickly uh, corrected my, my prejudice and showed me that I was being a fool at the time. So.
0: <laughs> and, and, and to be clear, prejudice shows itself in a lot of things. We carry prejudice about what we like and what we don't mm-hmm. like. It's like, I'm not going to go to that restaurant because I've heard nothing right. good about right. them. Right? I mean, we carry right. this in a lot of different ways. And by the way, when from here on through the rest of our series, we're really talking a, a greater picture than just the color of someone's skin. Jesus, and and the Word of God calls it the oppressed. And people were oppressed in all forms. Women were oppressed. Those who had physical handicaps were oppressed. And uh, those who were poor were Mm -hmm. oppressed. And so Jesus hated it in all of its forms and began to challenge us, what do we do? So as we begin this series, go
1: ahead. What's funny is that, you know, when we talk about those being oppressed in, in the Bible, you know, Jesus hung out with so many people that society shunned. And so for us to want to be like Jesus and act more like Jesus, we've got to set aside all, pre, all prejudice and all you know, preconceptions that we have about people.
0: Amen. So could you pray over us as we just begin? Absolutely. This...
1: Dear Lord Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for uh, our church having the courage to have this conversation. Whereas many people in the world want to just point out the negative and divide and divide and divide, we want to take action and bring unity and uh, restoration to a hurting community and a hurting world. Lord God, Jesus, we just pray that you, uh, your words uh, minister to our hearts, open our ears and and, and our minds that we can receive your words from the Holy Spirit this morning, Lord God, and just uh, be with us and just know that uh, through you, all things are possible. It may seem impossible to the person looking on the outside, but we know that through you, all things are possible, and changes, always, always uh, possible through you, Lord God. We thank you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you so God, much. Teddy, Amen. would you give Teddy a hand? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So are you with me so far? Are you okay? You glad we're talking about the topic? I I can't see through the mask, so give me an amen if you're glad to be here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, I I really want to begin just with God's vision of the world. God's vision of heaven. God's vision of the way he wants it to work. The way he planned it to be. And that's really all we're going to share today. And then next week we're going to come and begin to look at a blueprint of how God laid it out so that things could be different. So I want to start in Revelation chapter 5. Here was God's vision, and, and, and he gave John this unbelievable experience where he took him by way of a vision, by way of a dream, and John looked up and got to see into heaven, and the first thing he saw was the goodness of Jesus and why Jesus came to the earth. And so in Revelation 5, he is saying to Jesus, and and, and, and John's like, for you were slaughtered, and your blood has ransomed people for God, from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have caused them to become a kingdom of priests for our God. He's like, Jesus, you came and leveled the playing field. Where there might have been division. Where there might have been people who were looking down on others for whatever reason. Said so you came and made a difference. And now there's neither Jew nor Gentile or male or female or slave nor free we're all one in Christ Jesus amen and so Jesus came to make a difference Jesus came to bring unity and Jesus came to open up the opportunity for everybody equally and then in chapter 7 John goes a little further and he begins to see okay that's what Jesus came to do but did it happen and so in chapter 7 he says and after this I saw a vast crowd too great to count from every nation and tribe and people and language standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb. And they were all just praising God. And what I find amazing about that is God gave John this vision to look into heaven, and he could have described all kinds of things about heaven the way it looked, the way it felt, what, you know, and so we see some of those streets of gold and some of that stuff. But John's like, you know what amazed me the most is how diverse heaven is. I just looked around and saw all the diversity. Really, our goal is not to be colorblind. Our goal is to see all the colors and celebrate it. And just look at all of the uniqueness of how God created all of us. And, And to say, that is exactly what we're longing for and looking for. And so while Jesus was on earth, they said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And one of the things he said, you remember this prayer, Our Father, which art in heaven, I use the king's English, right? Hald be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On he, Jesus is like, do, do you know what heaven's like? Can I give you a picture of heaven? how diverse it is, how much God celebrates that diversity. He created everybody different. All your fingerprints are different. Your lives are different. The way you look, the way you act, that when you were born, every sand on the seashore different, every flower, every tree, every snowflake, no two snowflakes alike. Do you see the diversity of God? And and can we get to the point To where we can begin to pray, oh God, let it be done on earth like it is in heaven. And so this is just a plea of God. And then Jesus began to pray uh, his last prayer before he went to the cross. And so if you look at the words of a dying man who has just assembled around him 12 of his friends. Before he goes to the cross, John 17, Jesus said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so that he can give glory back to you. And that really is all Jesus wanted to do, right? All he wanted to do was glorify God with his whole life. And that's all he's calling us to do is to glorify God in everything we do and say. For you have given him authority over everyone and he gives eternal life to each one you have given him. And he's like, that's the goal. The goal is that everyone is saved. He, the next verse, I don't have it here, it says, and this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true and living God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Right? It, the goal is that everybody is saved, right? That we're running after everybody so that they can have this growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And then he said this further in verse 20. I am praying not only for these disciples, the 12 who were sitting around that table, But also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. And I pray that they will all be one. Just as you and I are one. And he's looking at all disciples. He's not saying I pray that First City Church is united. He is saying I pray that all the disciples. That everyone who believes in Jesus will be united. Will be one. And then he takes it even further. I love this verse may they experience such unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. And I just want that to sink in just for a minute. He knew that this would be one of the biggest challenges of the earth. He knew that this is going to be something that people struggled with. Because we have our preferences and we have our prejudices and we have our own life experiences that are very different from other people. He knew that it would take an intentional spirit to pause who I am and what I believe and what my history has been and open up and listen to somebody else and see everything through their eyes. And he's like, I pray that you have such unity that... That it brings credit to me and what I do on this earth. Because if we don't know how to love each other, or we abuse each other, or abandon each other, or have all kinds of prejudices that keep us from being united, Jesus said, The world will not know that God sent me. And he said this on another occasion By this will all men know that you're my disciples. If you have, love one for another. You want to prove that you're a disciple of Jesus? Then love everybody unconditionally. So here are the goals of our series. Number one, just as Jesus prayed, we want God to be glorified. Amen? I want God to be glorified in everything we do, everything we say, all the ways in which we act, the ways that we interact with each other, the way that we love people, all people, everywhere. Amen. We want God to be glorified in everything. Number two, we want the church to be credible as God's people. We want to stand as First City Church, and not just First City Church, but we want all disciples of Christ to be credible so we love everybody we seek unity and if there's not then jesus was very clear if if there's not unity among the believers then lay down your worship offering go and work it out with your brothers and then come back and pick up your worship and it will be acceptable to god amen if there's 99 of you and you're okay but one is hurting what do you do You stop, you leave the 99 with someone safe, and you run after the one that's hurting. So there are so many examples of what Jesus said, but he's like, this brings God credit. It brings credibility to Jesus as Messiah. I have come that they will be one. And by the way, Christianity is the only religion in the world that believes that love will win. Love will win. And so we're learning how to love. And then number three, and this is me, I really hope that in this series over the next several weeks and as we enter to our 21 days of prayer, that we will develop tools that empower us to bridge the gap caused by racial and cultural differences. And there are racial and cultural differences. And all we're saying is let's just sit down and have a conversation. Before I just tell you what I think, I just want to listen to what you have experienced And then I want to learn how to engage the conversation. And so we have a process. So I have three questions for you as we end our message. Number one, are you heartbroken by the racial divide in our country, our city, our churches, and our families? Does it break your heart when you look and you see everything going on in our nation? Number two, do you want to experience the richness of diversity in heaven on earth? Do do we want earth to reflect the diversity and the glory of God? And do we want to experience that in our time? I know that we didn't set up the system that we walked into. I know this did not begin with us. But I do hope that we and our generation can begin to end the hurt and the divide and the pain. And experience the diversity of heaven on earth. And then finally, should the church be a distinct and transformative voice for racial healing? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for letting us just open up the conversation. And my prayer is that we don't wound anybody. We don't run over anybody But that we just begin to talk about how can we make a difference. I love these new conversations I'm having with these 20 different churches. And the Zoom meetings that I'm having with all of these leaders. And I'm telling you, it it really is exciting. And so next week, I want us to begin to talk about this biblical blueprint that brings healing and unity. And if you want, open up your Bible to to the book of Micah. Micah was a small town prophet who saw way too easy the oppression of the poor and those that were minority and less fortunate by powerful people who wanted to stay in power. And he spoke into, if you want to make a difference, here are three things you can do. We'll talk about that next week. Jesus is the answer. Amen? I just wish everybody would be a Christian. I wish everybody would follow it. That really is the simple answer. Just do what Jesus said. Just follow what God said in his word. Just give your life wholeheartedly to Jesus. Will you do that? And so for those who are listening online or for those of you who are here today, if you've not given your whole heart to Jesus, he is the way, the truth, and the life. And so it's time to just surrender who we are and give over completely to God. And I just want to pray that for you this morning. Would you bow your head?